Welcome to Christ, Culture, and Cinema with the Doctor, Jeffrey Skopak, and his trusted assistant, Michael Pop, as they explore the intersection of faith, movies, and our contemporary context. Welcome back to Christ, Culture, and Cinema. Christmas is in the air, Michael. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. And you know what that means here at Christ Culture and Cinema. We take the turn to Christmas movies. Beautiful. I'm feeling it. Um, feeling the Christmas spirit. You're all you're all filled with the Christmas spirit. I am and, ready. Uh, we we are going to go to a movie today, which is gonna set the bar uh, for all other actors and actresses. Oh yeah. Uh, because this is going to be our first six-time actor. It's big time. Big time. The movie time. is Scrooged. It was released on November 23rd, 1988, directed by Richard Donner, uh, which here's a sad bit of news. We lost Richard in July of this year. He we did. died. Um, Very sad. You know what? I think really burst him on the scene in directing was uh, Superman in 1978. Huge. Way back uh, in the day. Uh, and and of then, of course, course, the controversy with part, uh, number two. That's Ooh, true. A lot of controversy. I still have not seen the Donner Cut. Have you seen the Donner Cut? I have not. I'd like to. I'd like to go back. Uh, supposedly, they took some of that uh, from what he did in one, because mm-hmm. that was what he wanted in two. It's yeah. really interesting reading about it. Yeah. But... Come on, Goonies. Goonies. The Toy. I love the movie The Toy. The That's toys? very underrated. No, the, well, anything. Lethal Weapon series. Richard Pryor in The Toy is yeah. just a genius. Brilliant. Uh, but the Lethal Weapon series, which yeah. we haven't ventured into that world yet, and I think we might soon. I think we'll all need to. Yeah, that's a good one. And I, I'm i sorry, Conspiracy Theory? Mm-hmm. I always knew it was a weird movie. Right. Shouldn't have known somebody weird wrote it. Of course. Yeah. Well, let's take a look at Scrooge, because even though it is a classic storyline of Ebenezer Scrooge, contemporized, Mm -hmm. modernized, uh, still, it is the classic story. So I I heard there was over 30 movie adaptations. Mm -hmm. That doesn't include all the TV. We know there's a ton of TV ones that have tried to adapt this this old, old book, you know, Charles Dickens. Yeah. Leave it to a couple of SNL writers, you know, Mitch Glazer and Michael O'Donoghue, to really change it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, give it a spin that wasn't previously there. This is not the DuckTales no. adaptation. Or the Muppets. Or the Muppets or anyone else. Now, the yeah. budget for this movie uh, for 1988 was, was a pretty big budget of $32 million. But so many actors. Oh, I mean, they didn't yeah. just do... Uh, Charles Dickens' classic tale, they do a movie about them putting on a production Yeah, while it's happening. So a lot of actors. Yeah, kind of cool the way they do this. Now, the box yeah. office, I don't know if it's disappointing or not. I, I got a number of $100.3 million. Oh, you got a lot more than I did. Yeah. Yeah, I saw um, $60 million worldwide. Yeah, so not a whole lot. So I got a hundred point three. You're doing a lot better. But either way, for this cast, for that budget, not what you would expect. Well, um, again, working with Bill Murray, we have heard over and over he's difficult to work with, and Mm -hmm. to hear him and Richard Donner's takes on it, yeah, 
Very interesting. Sounds like a lot of ad living. Yeah. Oh, so, good heavens. And when you, know. you throw this cast together, and let's take a look at this cast. Yeah. So playing the lead, Frank Cross, uh, who ultimately is the one who will experience all things in mm-hmm. this movie, played by Bill Murray. Our Ebenezer Scrooge. Our six time, six time, six time. He's big time. Uh, appearance on Christ Culture and Cinema. Uh, again, we know him for all sorts of movies. Here's some from the Wayback Machine in a movie we need to do. What about Bob? Oh, Love that movie. Hilarious. Oh my gosh. Rushmore, uh-huh. Life Aquatic. Uh, we just did Ghostbusters, but do you realize he's in Ghostbusters? Ghostbusters too. He's in that awful thing that came out in 2016. He is in that movie. That mm-hmm. Ghostbusters, oh please, Burn that wherever I've it is. I've never seen it. Don't uh, plan please on don't. It. But I want to go to Afterlife. It'll burn out your eyes, the other one. But Afterlife, yeah, yeah. you know, we want to see. He's in that too. Uh, Charlie's Angels and on and on and on. Kingpin. And on and on. Kingpin. Yeah, stripes. Uh, skin. My Caddyshack. Yeah, there's so a reason. It, he might be six time. It's mm-hmm. going to be a lot more. There's going to be a, a lot, lot more. more. Love Bill. Uh, so Cub fan. Again, well, we know he is a Cub fan, and yep. that's a cross he bears. Uh, <laughs> That's uh, the best of us. Playing kind of the love interest in the movie, uh, the sweet, the kind, the innocent Claire Phillips is played by Karen Allen, who really burst on the scene in uh, Animal, Animal House. House. But let's not forget. Animal House. Let's not forget. She was in Indiana Jones. She was great in the Raiders uh, of the Lost Ra- Ark. As yeah. well as the Crystal Skull. Mm-hmm. Comes back Comes and back. marries Indiana. So she's got that going for her. Here's a movie I didn't realize she was in. The Perfect Storm. Huh. Oh, it's a good movie. Now, I was going to go way back. One of my first movies, Starman. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I forgot she was in that. You are that in the Wayback Machine. Yeah, that, that was a little, little bit ago for me. Holy cow. I mean, you were probably a teenager, but uh, I was young. I was a teenager. <laughs> yeah, thanks. The uh, Sandlot. Don't forget the Sandlot. Don't forget the Sandlot, We'll have to too. do that one. That's, That's another cool. good one. Uh, playing Lou Hayward is John Forsythe. We know John Forsythe really for television in our, our world uh, for Very the much. old show Dynasty. Uh, but let's not forget... He is the voice of Charlie in Charlie's now, Angels. Do you think that might have been a little bit of, I mean, Bill Murray hadn't done the voice of Charlie yet in Charlie's Angels. It's, it's kind of funny how that worked out, both being in this movie, because, yeah, I, I showed he had 264 oh, yeah. credits going back to 1943. Yeah. yeah he, wow. And, and realize, you know, in 2003, when they do Charlie's Angels, there's John Forsythe being the voice of Charlie. And who's playing basically oh, his valet that's is... That's right. Bill Murray wasn't Bill Murray. Charlie yet. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Fascinating how, how it goes. acting world spins around. Yeah, he, he died in 2010. Another sad... You know, when we do these older movies, you start to see all the people who've died. Oh, there's yeah. a lot in here. There's, there's more dead sad. than alive, I think. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Cummings, uh, our Bryce, uh, Bruce Cummings, played by John Glover, uh, who's done a lot recently, Fear of the Walking Dead... Uh, Shazam, uh, the, uh, superhero television show Smallville, but here you go. He was in the awful Batman and Robin (laughs) movie where George Clooney dared to play the Dark Knight. It didn't go so well. Oh, that was awful. One of my favorite movies I think is underrated. White Knights. Oh. Gregory Hines, Michelle Michelle Barishnikov, those two fabulous. He was in that one. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's a good movie. I haven't seen that in a long, long time. So good. Totally forgot about that one. Uh, Playing Elliot Loudermilk is the incomparable Bobcat Goldthwait. Mm. Uh, Now, mind you, 
He's known really for the Police Academy series. Yeah, one, two, th- or two, three, and four. Two, I don't three, think he's in four. the original. He wasn't in the original, no. But he was also the voice of, I believe it is, Pain in Hercules. Lots the, of animation. Uh, and that's a really underrated Disney animated movie, Hercules. Haven't seen it. It's good. It is not bad at all. It's one of the rare ones where it's not a princess movie. It's a hero movie. Hero movie. There really aren't many of those in the, the world of Disney. Come on, Disney. Let's have some hero movies. Um, how about playing the ghost of Christmas past is David uh, Johansson. Better known as Buster Poindexter. Oh, yeah. Come on. Yeah. And was we, he really? I thought Buster Poindexter was his real name. No. And I loved Buster yeah. Poindexter oh. back in the day. So good. I mean, he had great videos. There was kind of that 1940s big bandish feel and vibe. Now, d- didn't uh, seem like he was everywhere. Rock. Oh, yeah. And he had 69 credits for more music and scores. Yeah. I didn't realize he was such a music guy. <clears throat> yeah, he's a musician through and through. And he's also in movies Married to the Mob and Let It Ride. Those were pretty, po- mm-hmm. pretty popular movies. Let's go to The Ghost of Christmas Present. Carol Kane. She's good. Oh, she's fabulous. We've we've covered her before. She's a repeat performer now, a Princess Bride, mm. uh, also in the Adams Family Values. She was in The Pacifier with Vin Diesel. Yep, she has over 160 credits, <clears throat> yeah. Very, very but, good. But my favorite role is when she plays Chardine in My Blue Heaven. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that one. That's I a good one. Love, love that movie. Yeah. She's so hot, she can melt all this stuff as she's standing in the frozen food aisle, says Steve Martin's character. Love, love, love my blue heaven. She is phenomenal in it. Uh, playing uh, Heston Rhinelander is Robert Mitchum. And you know what? He's a two-timer now on Christ, Culture, and Cinema. Tombstone, yeah. yeah. He was a narrator because we, uh, as we uh, talked about in Tombstone, his health wasn't good enough for him to play the role that Charlton Heston ended up playing. Uh, but really known for maybe one of the greatest war movies ever made, The Longest Day. Oh, oh that's going El Dorado. Oh, yeah, no, no. Longest Day and 1976, Midway. Midway. Another classic movie. I was surprised to see he was in both the Cape Fear from 1962 and 1991. I didn't realize he was in both of those. That was well done by him. Yeah, he's a. And died in 97. Yeah, he's another one gone and not forgotten. Yeah. Uh, Playing Calvin Cooley is Nicholas Phillips. Child actor. Yeah, you know, two things, two credits to his name. Yeah. Night of the Cyclone. And the Jacksons, An American Dream, which was a miniseries. That's yeah. it. Oh, so, what did it say? He played Tito? I don't remember. I didn't write yeah, that. I don't know which one he played. Anyway. He played one of the It wasn't Jacksons. Michael, so it doesn't matter. Eh, this is probably true. Yeah. Uh, moving on, we have Grace Cooley, played by Alfra Woodard. And here's some something interesting. This movie was made in 1988, but here she is showing up in Star Trek first contact which mm-hmm. was in the 90s but how about captain america civil war right that one really caught me off guard the, the luke cage mm-hmm. series yeah yep so she's she's been in a couple annabelle she is still she's doing well still out there still, still uh cranking now, out some movies I, I thought it was interesting as we get into this movie you know the whole thing about uh, ebenezer scrooge um why am i thinking uh tiny tim's dad the one that works for him um in the movie, in the in the actual book, oh. who's who's the one that 
the worker that yes Ebenezer well his, takes, his uh, basically his account yeah. guy who does his accounts sure I'm spacing the same anyway they were saying that Elliot Loudermill and Grace Cooley kind of split that character right that both of them take that brunt in this that that was kind of a, a change yeah in Scrooge that's not like um, no it it's not a direct that. adaptation no. of the book that is for sure as we will continue to unfold in this episode Herman is played by Michael Pollard known for Roxanne. Bonnie and Clyde. Here's a movie you may not want to be associated with. Tango and Cash. That's a great movie. Stop it. (laughs) It's not a great movie. Great movie. Here's one that really blew me away. Russell and Stallone. I'm I'm just going to ignore you at this point, and we're going to go on to the one who plays Grandma. I thought you were going to say Dick Tracy. No, 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 no. no. We're going to go on to Grandma, played by Mabel King. What is Mabel King most known for? The Wiz. What's happening? Oh, the old TV yeah, show? I did have that down, too. Come yeah, on. Mama, what's happening? What's happening? Used to love that show. She was in The Jerk. She was, Steve Martin. Oh, yeah. my wife loves so good. The Jerk. That's a great movie. And, of course, as you mentioned, The Wiz. James Cross is played by John Murray. Uh, John Murray appears in, oh, here's a shock, Caddyshack. <laughs> <laughs> but Elf. He was an elf and moving violations. Now, which littler brother... Got to choose to be the little brother of Bill in this because, you know, we have both uh, Joel Murray, who was a guest at the party, and John Murray. Yeah. Both were his little brothers. Yeah. I don't know if they flipped a coin. They decided which one looked more like uh, Bill at the yeah, time. Which one looks, I don't know. John got to play the little brother. Yeah, good for John. Yeah. Uh, Jacob Marley is played by the incomparable Jamie Farr. Come on. Known as Klinger he and Mash. He's typecasted forever. Oh, but wait a minute. Let's not forget. Mm. His his debut on Cannonball Run. One and two. With I Burt have Reynolds. It Love I mean, it. Come on. Those were great movies. And then finally, Scrooge is played by... Buddy Hackett. We love Buddy Hackett. Oh, yeah. And Buddy Hackett is known for classic movies like The Music Man. Herbie the Love Bug. The Love Bug. That's how I was going to go. Uh, he was the voice of one of the sea characters in The Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. But my favorite movie with Buddy Hackett. I know what you're going to say. Your New Year's Eve movie. It's a mad, 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 mad world every New Year's Eve. I'm not going to take on. it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we know, Bert. I'm oh, sorry. Another movie. Stop yeah, it. no. That is such a great classic movie. But Buddy Hackett was just one of those awesome comedians of yesteryear. It was good. And here he is in this movie. So let's talk about now, them. Well, you I, want... I know I know, we got a ton more characters, but one of the little tidbits we find out when we do this, which I love, here's your, your interesting one. We've got uh, John Houseman who plays himself, right? Big deal. You mm-hmm. know, Naked Gun. Mm-hmm. Then we go to Robert Goulet who plays himself. Mm-hmm. He was in Naked Gun, two and a half. Sure. And then we go to uh, Mary Lou Retton. Mm-hmm. Naked Gun 33 and a third. She plays herself. So, again, a bunch of these characters who came in for that little TV adaption yeah. uh, play themselves. Surprise. Yeah, all over the Naked Gun series. Well, so I thought Lee, that was kind of funny. And Lee Majors is in this too, isn't he? As himself. Yeah, yeah he's in that uh, commercial. Yeah. Yeah, where he plays himself. So, he got the fall guy. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, some fun. And, and one last one, the Ramses. I think we got to bring him up only because I love Goonies. Sure. Ann Ramsey, who, of course, everybody knows from Goonies or Throw Mama from the Train, and her husband, uh, Logan, who did a lot of TV. He was in MASH. He was in mm-hmm. Charlie's Angels. I didn't know they had started an acting school. Now, unfortunately, 
Ann died a lot earlier, and, and yeah. they continued. I think it was in Boston, but hmm, I had no idea. You know, you see this crazy lady in Goonies. You, know, oh, yeah. you forget. That's just a character. What a neat couple. Sounds like they really helped a lot yeah. of people into the uh, industry. Well, and she was mama and throw mama yeah. from the train. Yeah, she was Evan, crazy. Evan. <laughs> That's a good impersonation. That's oh, my cool. word. I, used, I love that movie. You know, we're at a school and you go back to Goonies. Children suck. <laughs> <laughs> she had such great lines, didn't she? <laughs> well, well, let's get into the movie screw because we could get lost in okay. all of the actors of and actors. actresses in this one for let's sure. So great I know this is your wheelhouse. This is your movie. You know, this was on great the... This was on the VHS tape at the Pop House. Oh yeah. So so give us give us the thumbnail sketch of this movie. So just like trying to do the actual Charles Dickens book, we got this miserable man who knows nothing but work. Mm-hmm. In this adaptation, though, he is a TV producer, and he's doing Charles Dickens in a TV version. And of course, it starts by showing how sadistic he is. By they showed their really nice preview commercial for it showing all the different characters and who plays who and mary lou retina's tiny tim you know doesn't just throw down the crotch she does the triple backs whatever (laughs) and then we see frank cross's commercial for this movie which is you know acid rain world war you know there's all the guns and whatever and uh you know, it goes to where that one person, I think, dies watching it. And yeah. he's like, this is great. You can't buy publicity like this. You just, yeah. He is a miserable man. Oh, he's awful. All about he's his work. A terrible human being. And, of course, just like the Charles Dickens classic, in order to see what his past, what he's given up, we see him. Well, first is visited by the, the Marley character, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the ghost says, hey, don't be like me. Learn from me. And he's like, you're a god. Yeah. How to give it anything to be you, I guess. Don't. No, no, no. And so right. we get into this great current day adaptation yeah. and, and go through it where he goes in the past. He looks at things in the present. And, of course, right toward the end, sees the future. And, and obviously, we've already talked a little bit about some of the changes that are made to make it a nowadays adaptation. Right. Um, but it certainly changes by the end. The One of the big rewrites that was a Bill Murray rewrite. Had to make it more of a love story. Of course. Yes. So let's get into it a little bit. I, I think we we could focus on Frank Cross a lot because all of us have a little bit of Frank Cross in us. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think there is a lot of truth to that. We can get very driven. We can get uh, so narrowly focused on success, mm. on fame, on fortune. And, and here's something I believe that as you watch this movie uh, – we get focused on our rightness. Oh. And what I mean by that is what our opinion is, is the only right opinion. And That's if, you, and if you're in a position of leadership or authority, it's really easy for that to become very consuming. And that's what happens with Frank in this movie. You see it right from the onset. I mean, he's firing people. Bam. You, you know, you're... Oh, yeah. How you fast know. can I get him out of the building? Yeah. How fast can I get him that's gone? Alien. You know, that's... that's He's a terrible yeah. person, right? Mm-hmm. But he's right and the other ones are wrong. Or he sees somebody doing something in the scene and he don't like it that way because he wants to make bank. He well, wants to make money. And, and I think you're going to relate to this more than anybody. When you're the leader and everybody's looking to you to lead kind of what you feel has to be the way now if somebody can show you another way and and you come to see it 
it might make it easier. Right. But it's hard to listen to somebody else because they're looking to you. You mm -hmm. don't want to show weakness. You don't want to say, well, maybe I don't know. Well, maybe my way is not right. Mm -hmm. And so that's difficult. It's difficult to look at other opinions from a standpoint of are they valid when they don't go along with yours. Right. You know, great leaders surround themselves with people with different opinions and are opening to listening to that. And that's happening less and less nowadays. You know, there's a there's a wonderful book out there. It's a history book. Uh, you can get it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Uh, it's about uh, Abraham Lincoln and his cabinet. And it's called Team of Rivals because he intentionally surrounded himself with people that had very, very different opinions and views about slavery, about mm. government, about what was the right path. And he did it because he knew he needed to hear opinions differing from his own so that he didn't get single-tracked and locked, a la like Frank Cross. Like Frank, yeah. You know, and, and I think that really is a... Uh, a temptation, you know. So that's Frank for sure. But but take a look at some of the other characters. I mean, for example, his own family. You know, his brother. He keeps trying, right? He keeps inviting him. His brother tries. You know, he he never gives up on him. And how quickly do people today give up on people? Oh, it's awful. You know, we see it all the yeah. time. Unfortunately, and, and usually it's pride. Mm -hmm. if, if something happens. I don't have to admit I'm wrong to apologize for how somebody feels. And mm -hmm. yet somebody thinks that me admitting or asking for forgiveness is automatically saying, well, I'm wrong. Well, no, I, I, I see things the way I see things. You're going to see them different. And I can apologize that it might upset you. I can apologize mm -hmm. for the way you took things. But you don't have to say I'm wrong. I know that's hard for some people, but right. you certainly can empathize with people. We don't have empathy anymore. No, I, I think that is a, a rapidly fading piece of our contemporary culture and mm. context. You know, you know, as I as I think about the story of Scrooge, of Ebenezer Scrooge, as I think about this crossover to the movie Scrooge, they did a wonderful job of capturing the themes that come out in the Dickens Definitely. book and putting it in a way in which we can relate today through the lenses of a television production. So you of all people will probably understand the Ghost of Christmas past. Mm -hmm. New York. Dad works in a butcher shop. <laughs> Dad comes home exhausted Christmas Eve with yeah. a bit was a veal. Yeah. Think a big thing of veal. Yeah. And, Expensive and, cut of meat. And his, his son, Frank, is like, I wanted a bicycle. Yeah. You know what that costs in today's world? Who should be thankful? You know, yeah. and dad, with his butcher, you know, you know uh, it's, thing it's, on, he goes to sleep. I mean, it's funny that you bring that up. So when I was in college, I had a, a really good friend. In fact, we're still very good friends. Uh, Ken Fick, a little shout out to Ken Fick. Uh, in his parents, Werner and Ursula Fick. Uh, <laughs> Werner and Ursula. And uh, they were, you know, first generation immigrants to the United States from Germany. And they ran a deli in uh, you know, kind of upstate New York. You know, when you live in New York, anything above the Bronx, people refer to as upstate. upstate but, right. you know, just a, a county above Westchester County. So not that far up. And, and Werner and Ursula made everything so she made the potato salad she made the macaroni salad she made the soups every day those people worked from sun up 
till well after sundown every single day. And it was a family thing because uh, uh, Ken's uncle Lang owned a deli in Bronxville, where the college was located. Nice. So occasionally, Ken would take us. Yeah, take, that going for you. Well, they take the boys <laughs> down to the delicatessen, you know. Oh, Uncle Lang, can we have something to eat? You know, please, sir, can we have some more? That's what it felt like. Uh, it That's was just, great. It was just brilliant. But hard, hard-working people. Oh, yeah. And when you see that. Trying to make a better life for themselves. Absolutely. And they left Germany post-war. You know, uh, rep, you know, as as Germany lay in ruins after World War II, these young people were coming to the United States looking for a better way. And you know, here were Werner and Ursula, God bless them, trying to make a better way. And a lot of times, the kids don't appreciate it. They just don't see the sacrifices that are being made right. in order for them to have a different life, a better life. I mean, we all make choices. And I I think this movie brings that up to bear as well, especially as you get into this Christmas season. Everybody wants something, it seems, doesn't it? It just, uh, oh yeah, you know, gimme, gimme, gimme. I want, I want, I want. And it, it's a struggle, I think, for parents because what is the right thing to do what is going to mm. benefit the child the most? And I think this movie brings that out. Well, and, and, and they do an excellent job with Frank's character because they don't go from little kid Frank seeing his daddy bring home veal to he's a jerk now who mm-hmm. only cares about his TV. They showed him when he was playing the dog. Yeah. You know, and, and he was invited out by the president of the the tv station Mm -hmm. is going she's like but we're gonna go with friends you know and that's when he of course was with uh claire yeah early on and he chooses his career yeah over over friends and claire there yeah yeah and i think we all have had those moments we've all put our work before families at times frank was not a bad guy he was trying to do better right but we see where that slope takes you and how it hardened him. Well, he lost his way. And, yeah. you know, it really makes me think about, we've been doing a Bible study around here uh, on the prophet Daniel. Mm. And I've really not spent a lot of time just dwelling on the story of Daniel. You tend to look at stories, but not the connectivity. And if you looked at Daniel chapters 1 through 4, you come across King Nebuchadnezzar. Okay, and I know you're thinking Veggie Tales right now. I know you are. I'm looking at you. The bunny, the bunny. Oh, I love the bunny. Don't love my mom. Anyway, yes, that's anyway, exactly where I was going. Sorry. King Nebuchadnezzar, and you know Nebuchadnezzar, he conquers the Israelites. He he brings back, you know, the the basically the pretty people, the rich people, the the leader people of Israel uh, back to Babylon, and he's. He's kind of a tyrant, uh, yeah. kind of a jerk. And, you know, the the scripture is real clear about how sometimes his anger gets ahead of him. And he makes decrees, and then all of a sudden he has to live by them. You know, for example, he's got to throw Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego into a fiery furnace. Why? Because he makes a decree. Makes a decree. But his pride won't let him back down from the decree. It's like... King Xerxes and Daniel, yeah, same thing. So all of a sudden, he softens a little bit. Then he has a dream. And, you know, he's he's all worked up about, about his first dream. And Daniel is the one who interprets the dream. Well, guess what? He softens a little bit more, just a little bit more. And then he has another dream. 
In this dream, it, this one bothers him the most is Daniel chapter three, uh, actually Daniel chapter four. And he, he has this uh, horrible dream, this second dream. This is bad news. And so bad that the dream says he's going to lose everything, kind of like the, gross, the ghost of Christmas future. He gets this view. Problem is, it really does come to pass. Right. Uh, he's a mess. And yet, at the end of it, there is repentance and restoration. And, and I love how, how it ends. You know, here's King Nebuchadnezzar, this kind of hardened jerk who was willing to throw people into a furnace, uh, who is willing to to really do some pretty nasty things. And, it, you know, talks about his temper just boiling over every so often. But look at how it ends with him. This is chapter 4, verse uh, 36 and following. It says, At the same time my reason returned to me, and for the glory of my kingdom my majesty and splendor returned to me. My counselors and my lord sought me, and I was established in my kingdom, and still more greatness was added to me. And I think, uh-oh, here we go, ego train leaving the uh, station again. Mm-hmm. Verse 37, Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, for all his works are right and his ways are just, and those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. That's awesome. Ooh. Yeah. You know, I never really... Which is what you want. Never really dwelled on it. You know, it's funny because if you look at Nebuchadnezzar's kind of transition, he kind of recognizes the God of Israel amongst the gods. Then he recognizes the God of Israel above all the other gods. And then when we get to the end of chapter four, he just recognizes the God of Israel because he has been humbled. And, and, in the well, very, and he's seen his power. And let's think about it. Not Veggie Tales now. We're thinking Frank Cross. <laughs> okay. Okay. We can go there. <laughs> Don't want to sing about the That could be again. a fun Veggie Tales. Uh, go ahead. It could be. But think about Frank Cross. Ultimately, these visions, these views of past and future humble him. It changes him. It softens him. It reminds him of ultimately what really is important. Mm -hmm. Well, that final scene, which, of course, nowadays you would never get away with mistletoe and grabbing a dancer and kissing them. You know, I don't think that would go over now in the current climate. But when he kisses that girl, he says, it was good, but it wasn't great. There's only one great. And he talks to Claire. Yeah. Brings Claire down. You know, there's only one Claire. You out there, you know, and of course Claire's watching. Sure. And, uh, you know, it's that beautiful moment where he starts to realize through everything he saw. I I think the the homeless Mm -hmm. that thought he was Richard Burton, I think it was, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, when he sees them dead. Yeah. It really affects him. Right. You know, it shows, oh, my goodness, I had the opportunity. It puts him in a place of thinking about more than himself. Well, think about the theme. And this is, here we go. We're going to go Bill Murray crossover for a moment here. Frank Cross crossing over to Groundhog Day. Oh, same. Yes. When the homeless guy keeps dying. Mm -hmm. And he keeps... Keeps trying to save him. Because all of a sudden he has this revelation of what... I wonder if Bill Murray... If that's something that he has constantly either struggled with or, on another way of thinking about it, worked hard in his life not to lose that groundedness uh, and connectivity to people. I, I just kind of wonder because that theme seems to come up quite a bit. In his. And mm-hmm. this is, you know, this movie's 1988. Uh, Groundhog Day came out after that. Um, kind of an interesting uh, twist on the plot, which to me, leads us to really how do we apply this to ourselves today. 
And as I think about this, it leads me to this ponder question, kind of our question of the day. If you were confronted with the worst or most boorish behaviors of your life, what would you see? How would you feel if you knew that you could be forgiven for them? And how would your life change? What does repentance of your past look like in humility and hopefulness for your future? I really think that's a good place to leave the movie Scrooged today. A lighthearted, kind of fun, loaded cast comedy, but in the end really gets to some very deep and profound questions that it's always good for us to ponder, but especially at this time of year. So, because we are in the Christmas season, where shall we go next week? So many good Christmas movies. Oh, I've got one. So many good ones. What do you, what do you want to hit? Because there's so many good ones. Because we haven't ventured down this road. I looked back. We need to do this this year. We're going to go spend a little time home alone. Ooh. <laughs> until, wait. until next time, we'll see you at the movies. Thank you for joining us for Christ, Culture, and Cinema with the Doctor, Jeffrey Skopak, and his assistant, Michael Pop. Until next time, we'll see you at the movies.